0: life and the people in it can be difficult even job 14 verse 1 says man born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble have you ever been so betrayed that all you wanted to do was to just hide in your cave and lock the entire world out or maybe you are walking around in offense, with a bruised heel, afraid to love the next because of your ex. You may have become fearful of stepping into your greatness because you have become faithless. Or maybe you are in a place where you are fearful of deepening friendships because of loose lips. Being hurt can take us to places we never dreamt we could go. And now you are stuck because of the unknown. Well, God can't heal who you pretend to be. And in order to heal, you must dismantle everything that you are familiar with. You can't be who you are and who God is calling you to be at the same time. If you want to take the island, you must burn the boat. If you want to heal, you must become intentional. It is time to stand in the light of your healing and who God is calling you to be. I am Michelle Jackson, your host and soon-to-be internet best friend. I am a wife to an awesome purpose partner, a mom to three wonderful children. I am also a financial and mind alignment strategist and your general god girl. And you are listening to By The Wine Press with Michelle. And this is where grapes come to discover they were meant to be wine. Living with any human being is a recipe for inevitable disaster. There is always something happening. The big question though is how you will deal with it. Your greatest test is how you will handle those that mishandle you. I'm sitting with Marsha today to have an open and honest chat about how she dealt with infidelity in her marriage, how she found herself in the process, and how she was able to forgive and reconcile with her husband how she was able to handle the person that mishandled her good morning Marsha. can you hear me good morning how are you i'm gonna say jennifer because i know you by jen okay so hope that's cool (laughs) jennifer michelle doesn't matter same person so, Marcia, good morning. Welcome. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to spend some time with me, two girlfriends, talking about life, talking about relationships, and talking about marriage and how we heal, right? Mm-hmm. So, let's just jump right into it, Marsha. I want to know, where are you today, relationally and spiritually
1: Wow, great question. Um, I think sometimes uh, in understanding where I am, it's kind of good to maybe set the framework of where I've been. Um, So I met, I would say my husband at the age of 18. I just came to Canada. So I think approximately eight months after I came here, I met him. I didn't know he was gonna be my husband, um, but I just knew that there was a connection. What we say to each other afterwards was, he said, the moment he saw me, he said to God, if you give her to me, I will not ask you for another. And I knew for myself, I also went to him. I wasn't necessarily an active Christian, but I'd grown up in the Christian home. I was baptized. and But at the age of 18, actually that same exact moment, like I was like, I'm in Canada. I want to go to clubs. I want to have some fun. And then I met him. And I think if I'm honest, when I look back, because it's with the looking back that you understand what God's plan was all along. The looking back was when he met me, I was at a crossroads where I could have gone haywire. And then he came in and he poured love into me. And it was a time when I didn't even consider myself beautiful. I I went through um, sexual abuse. And so how, you know, that affects you. Um, psychologically, spiritually, and all uh, emotionally as well. And so he poured a lot of love and a lot of belief into me. And of course, we fell in love. And there we were, blissful. I, I I thought he was my best friend, partner in crime. We went everywhere together. Then all of a sudden, things got got haywire. He was more. He was there Monday to to Thursday, the perfect husband. But on Saturday and Sunday, he cooked my dinner. For Sunday when I went to church but it was not home our phone calls went from like 18 to 4 and it was like hey dear how are the kids right and then okay catch you later and so you kind of sensed it um and where we are now is as uh, we broke up um I was distraught I it when I was going through the experience of knowing that I was being cheated on People say that my, the light went out from my eyes. I was dead, right? I functioned on a day-to-day basis. I went to work. I took care of my kids, but the life, the life was gone. And I had to make a decision to save myself. Because when you see the love of your life um, leave, even though they're still there, it does something to you. Um, <laughs> I do not know I was going to get emotional already, but something died. And for me to leave, I also had to kill the love I had for him in that way, in the intimate way. And I remember saying to God, help me, help me with this because it's going to kill me. My blood pressure had gone from a hundred and something, 170 over a hundred and something. I'll tell you more about that. I'm sure you probably asked the specifics more about that. But um, I was literally living with anxiety, choking me. I would feel like a hand was literally choking me. I'd be laying in the bed with him and feel like I'm actually choking. And so I was like, if I don't leave, this is going to kill me. And so I left. Where we are today is that we've reconciled. Um, it's been two years now it's been a work in progress and I say it is still progressing but I will use this analogy it is like and I always use this one but the Lord has helped me to to use it for, for my healing in that I always say to him we had a beautiful home and you took a wrecking ball and you mashed it up and everything is on the ground the only thing that's left is foundation. And the foundation we had was love, respect, friendship. And we, we even while we broke up, there was still that respect and that love on a level. Um, so we were able to co parent really well. Um, and then it's like he came back. And I'm going to tell you that I resisted the coming back. If it wasn't that I wasn't a Christian, it would have been a hell no. I hope I can say hell no because I was. <laughs> it was like I held up (laughs) and um if it wasn't I was a Christian and so he came back and he's picking up the pieces with me and rebuilding the
0: home he came back and he is helping you to rebuild what he wrecked and you're saying he wrecked because in all fairness, Marcia, we're hearing your side of the story. Absolutely. We're hearing the side of Marcia that had this challenge, right? Absolutely. So with saying all of that, because mm-hmm. you went through a lot, you went, you took us back and you gave us a synopsis. Mm-hmm. Where are you today, relationally and spiritually what did that experience do for you?
1: Oh, on so many levels. I'd say relationally, it's, we are healing. We're still healing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I come to recognize what God's plan was for all mm-hmm. of it. It was not just, it's not just a, <laughs> uh, myself and, and my husband's kind of issue. It's about the children as well. Um, It's about foundation. Um, Spiritually, oh my God, it's it's a continuous process. So how did I even get to this level? Is that I had to heal. It was an active process. It wasn't just saying, oh God, forgive those, forgive him for he hurt me. It was kind of of putting myself in his position and saying to myself, because you're right, two, one person cannot mess up a relationship there's normally something else that's a trigger for the other person and for him it was that he was not feeling valued whatever that meant for him it was maybe me not listening to some of his suggestions right it was um you know a lot of little things but he didn't feel valued and that made him leave right he was there physically but he left emotionally Um, with my relationship with God, I learned to trust him in the valley. When I when that happened to me, Jen, I wanted to give up. Literally, I'm gonna tell you, at the time it happened, I was finishing my, uh, my, my studies. And I remember, it's kind of interesting because it was April 25th, 2015, when I actually found proof. And I had actually written it down that, you know, I was gonna have a conversation with him. On April 25th, on April 25th, I actually had hard proof because you go with um, insinuations and you said, you know what, something is off here. What's going on? And on April 25th, I actually had the proof that he was cheating. And I, I could, I could, I'll say, <laughs> he had a phone that I'd given him. It wasn't even planned. I'd put my email on it, and he was in a hotel room, walking around the bed, and the lady was laying on the bed. And that video came to my phone. There was no question anymore about whether or not he was doing something. I had the proof. So exactly almost six years ago, my heart literally broke in a million pieces. And I had to learn, I I was choosing at the time when it happened, I realized The suicidal ideation was a a part of it because I remember I was trying to finish my last essay and my exam was in two weeks. My blood pressure was really high. I I wasn't telling my family anything. And every time I tried to write the essay, for some reason it was not saving. And I went out in the day and I was trying to get to a a doctor's office to get a note because you know what? York, You need a note. (laughs) And I thought it was there. I couldn't get, and I felt like I would just drive into an oncoming vehicle. And I thank God I did not. Um, And he said he actually saw me driving. And he said, oh my God, look at what I'm doing to this woman. I don't know how he saw me, but he was like, oh my God, look at what I'm doing to this woman. I've never seen her so distraught. I didn't know he saw me. But I, I wanna tell you that at the moment when I thought about doing, I thought about my kids. And I said, you know what, I can't leave them. And I I recognized that I was like, where was I? Like I said to myself, at what point did I make it okay? Did I make this experience okay? At what point did I lose value for myself where I stayed even with the idea or the thought that he may have been stepping out on me? And God, Jen, God took me And he literally carried me in his arms. I got Isaiah 54, right? And Isaiah 43. And Isaiah 43 has been one of my favorite. uh, You know, says, you know, I've created you, (laughs) right? You are mine. Though you go through the valley, I will be with you, right? The fire will not burn you. And I'm gonna tell you, the fire, man, the heat was, the heat was hot. It was struggling. I had to, I moved into my sister's space, uh, you know, thinking, thanking God for grace. But out of that, I was able to purchase my own home. I see God's hand even with that. And so I learned, what I learned was I had put him, his name is Dave, into a position that God was supposed to be. And my, I, I recognize now why it had to shift because, I now relied on God. I now have a relationship with God that is <laughs> incomparable, right? I know I can depend on him. I know he has my back. That's the experience that came out of this and a greater understanding of who I am and my purpose. And so our relationship is, is at a, I would say is at a good place. The rebuilding space still daily I can, I can say to you that it took me two years to look at him and not get upset. Like, but now the other day, just to give you an example, Mother's Day, he made breakfast, which he normally does. He asked me what it was that I needed for dinner. He got me what I needed um, for dinner. And then he had a masseuse, right? Come into the house, right? And give me a massage. And while I was experiencing the massage, tears ran down my eyes because I knew all along when I broke up with him, he was trying to get back with me. And I said, no, it took 14 different people and it took God sending a stranger, because that's what I said. I said, God, I'm not even listening to these people. You know, I'm not listening to these people. You better send a stranger that don't know about my situation to tell me to reconcile. And I walked into a church. I was doing a financial seminar and there was a man in the food bank because the, the lady was showing me, you know, the food bank for the church. And as I walked down, he said to me, miss, he said, do you think God can save your marriage? And I said, I looked at him and I was like, yeah. And they said again, miss, God said to ask you if you think he can. And I said, yes, he can. And from then things happened that just shifted our lives and you know I'm here today to talk about the saving grace and the forgiveness of of God and how it's healing uh, when you actually let go and let God do the work.
0: Marsha that's a very interesting very interesting story and I want you to go back a little bit you said that you placed your husband in a place that you should have put God and I want you to remember that you said mm. that I need a little explanation. I need you to broaden that for us. Mm. I'm gonna go even further in the conversation because it would appear that when you met your husband, he was a Christian, but you weren't. Great a, question. Correct? So so to to that answer, I would say he
1: was brought up in a Christian home. So he's from Jamaica as well. His mom poured the word of God into him, so the, him being that way, he was Christian minded. But I think in practicality, uh, at the time, maybe he was closer to God. I think he was perhaps closer to God in his heart than I was, because I was ready to rebel. <laughs> I wanted to go to club. I wanted to, you know, dress nice and you know, go out. And so, you know, we would do like, you know. Pray, or we do some scripture readings and stuff, but it wasn't like he was going to church at all. But I was more agnostic or atheistic in my in my determination, in my mindset, because I thought it would allow the lifestyle that I wanted to live. And of course, you know, um, sometimes when you're exposed to certain philosophies in university, it it challenges your thinking. Yes. So, um, that was my position at the time. And, and then, you know, years into the relationship, what would happen is honestly, Jen, God would constantly speak to me. He would send me Bible scriptures, he'd have my aunts just call out of the blue and kind of say, Hey, are you going through this at the moment? And so I knew that he loved me and that he was calling me, but I I rebelled. And he did too. Because whenever I had a vision, he also had the vision prior, right? And so it was. It was like that. We knew God, but we were kind of far from it. But I, but to the point, how did I put him in the position of God? Right. So when I met him, he was like he was like the savior. He was handsome. He was a little bit older than me, wiser in the world. He spoiled me. I was like the little princess that he put on a pedestal and I, I think it happened throughout the relationship um, until he put me so far on the pedestal that I was unreachable in a sense, you know? So, you know, he would, he, he spoiled me. I, I would say that. Um, but he also poured love and belief in me. And I think because of the lack of let's say relationship with God, I right. rely on him for my significance. I kind of, depended on him to feel important. Um, I I literally, I was, if I re- remember myself at that age, I was really needy, oh, reaffirm me, you know, why do you love me again? And I think a lot of young ladies, we do that. Why do you love me, right? Because re- we now are placing that, and we don't think it's a burden, we're placing that on them to say, fill me up, let me feel beautiful, let me feel valued. And for a time, He did that. But then afterwards, it gets tiring, right? To be saying, you are beautiful. You are worthy. You are valuable, right? And this is why you're valuable. And when I shifted to what does the word of God say about me? What has God been saying about me? What has God been saying to me? Um, And when I sit with myself and I said, oh wow, he's always been there. Because, you know, just like um, I talk about us praying to God for each other, there was a moment when I'm I'm working first year here and there's a gentleman, he's a minister. I don't know his name. He came in the store I was working at and he called my name and he said, you know, I want to let you know that God has a calling on your life. And he said, if you don't serve him, you're going to struggle, you're going to suffer. And Jen, I was so stubborn because, you know, I was looking to the atheistic path Great, My lifestyle, I didn't want to be wearing any long clothes. I want to be cute because all my life, I I thought all my life I've been a Christian, you know, it's time to live. I was looking for a truck to hit me. I was like, I thought God was going to just have something, you know, take me out. Right. Look at my life. What it was, was an intense struggle, was an intense struggle, even academically in that, Financially, I, I I I would do a school year and then I stop and, you know, it took me like 15 years to complete my degree. Mm-hmm. I let that sink in, right? <laughs> and that didn't happen until when I I said, okay, yes to the Lord, yes Lord, I'm gonna serve you. That's when it happened, and that and I recognize once as well. Important to note is that. Our relationship broke down or started breaking down once I accepted God. And once I was now going to Bible study, going to prayer meeting, and it was like for him, although he said, oh, I support you. You are on a great road. I was speaking to a friend, a male friend, and he was like, you were spending every day with this man. And like you, like he was praying to you, you were also affirming him. Hmm. And now here you are four days a week outside the home in a different environment at church. Yes, it's good, but it's like he lost his partner as well.
0: Okay. Great, so go ahead. So I'm taking from what you say in the sense of you putting him in the place where God was supposed to be from that, from your explanation, what I'm taking from that Marsha is it is always good for us before we get into relationships to know who we are. Very much
1: so. Very much so. Okay. Because Because as I, as I found myself, right. Then what happened was this person that I needed and in, in whatever way it was, you know, maybe madly annoying, it also reaffirmed his worth and his value as well in the relationship. And the moments started changing. I was spending hours at church with God. And then he was not in that environment either. Right. And okay. sometimes it would be hours. So yes, yeah, it did affect them. And And yes, the, the importance of knowing yourself is so, 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 so vital.
0: So one, the first takeaway from our conversation that I want our listeners to hear is know yourself, understand yourself. While someone can pour into you and while someone can affirm you, it is only the creator that gets to define the creation. And that is God. So irrespective of whatever we've gone through, We have to keep going back to the source, which is God. Mm -hmm. There are going to be friends. There is going to be your husband. There is going to be your children. But at the end of the day, what is your relationship like with God? So, Marsha, we've heard so far the backstory of what transpired. In a nutshell, Mm -hmm. we kind of hear a little bit of the middle where you started finding God at this Mm -hmm. point you were not resisting anymore and so I know that the journey of a thousand miles it begins with one step and I want to ask you what led you to take that first step in seeking God oh wow this is that's a great question
1: so <laughs> my mom was instrumental in me accepting to walk with God because he was mm-hmm. always walking with me um, but opening my heart to him so she uh, we love food and family and every Sunday although I would never go to church I would always cook dinner and my expectation was for my mom to come there was a year 2010 when she started rebelling in a sense. And he says, well, if you can't attend church with me, I can't eat with you. I will not come to your home and eat with you. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) right? And so I decided one weekend, it was convention. And I decided to go to church with my mom for the entire weekend. It was actually going to be Father's Day weekend.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And, um, you know, I had um, spoken to Dave and he said, okay, that's fine. And I went away with my mom I, and, and I remember the first day and I, I loved the Lord in, in that I'm a worshiper, I'm a, I'm a minister in, in that sense, I like singing. And, um, and so when I went, I would be deep in worship and the bishop would come to me afterwards and she said, you know, I think God is calling me. And I said to him, really Bishop? He says, Yes. I said, you know, if God calls me at the end of this convention, then I'll get baptized. Right. Wow. And then the next day, again, they said something else to me. And I said, Bishop, listen, I live at home with my man. I have no intention of getting married. Okay. I said, if God is calling me, He needs to talk to me. Right? <laughs> Why did I challenge God in that way? So it's the end of the service. They're walking around and the put their hand on my head and they prayed and I laughed in my heart because he moved on and I there was no stirring in my spirit at the time to give in Mm -hmm. but as I laughed the Holy Spirit just sat on me and I think it's Romans 6 it says what shall you say then shall you continue in sin that grace may abound God forbid, and that was repeated. I don't know how many times. All I knew was I was rooted to the spot. I could not move until I yielded. The Holy Spirit would not let me go. And that very day, I got baptized. Wow. And so I went home and I said to him, "Hey, I got baptized." And he was like, "What?" And then he says, "You know, okay." Because I, I would have liked for you to tell me. And I said, "Well, I didn't know that I, this was going to happen." Um, I didn't find it. I went to, to church in a Capri, you know, on the little shorts that went to my knee. You know what I mean? I was just there. <laughs> so I was not, not intending for this to happen, but I thank God it did because Jen, I had struggled with anger issues and the anger issues stemmed from the childhood um, trauma that I had experienced. Right. And so had my journey with God not started in 2010, in 2015, right, when I recognized that this was happening, right, it's oh. very likely that I would have responded in anger. What I did was I just packed the suitcases very neatly, and I said, you got to go. Of course, he wasn't willing to go. I, You know, he stepped out the door, and I remember locking the door, but you know, he eventually came back in, and that was kind of, i said the moment that our relationship ended. Although I gave him time, and I, I gave him time until September, because I said he said he apologized, he cried, he 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 said he was going to change, he said he needed time, and I said okay. But then I waited, and I waited. And in each day, I waited, something died within myself, and I was saying to myself why am I waiting when he's unwilling to change? I, I never doubted that he loved me, but I doubted that he loved me enough to make the decision to change for himself and for our family. And so it, I had to leave, uh, and I had to leave expecting nothing, but let's say friendship and to co-parent with him because I, I thought, if he saw me, if you love me and you see me hurting the way you know I am and you did not change, you didn't choose to change, then it means that you, d- you didn't value me as much. That's I, 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 what, what I came to and I had, I had to leave. And it's funny, today we were talking about it and he said it took me leaving and him seeing the hurt on my face but even more so, God given him certain consequences for him to become the, the the man that he is today. You know, as I was actually having that conversation. But yes, it's, it's, it, it was, it was that kind of journey where I'm thankful that God was there because very likely he would have come into the house and he would have been met with a machete, right? Because I was, I used to be that angry when I felt like someone was hurting me. But every time I used to fast, God would be like, oh, there's that anger. And I was like, God, anger again, anger again. Like, you know, and he helped me through it um, to, I'm saying it was a huge achievement for me to be able to pack his stuff and not, you know, want to fight him or want to hurt him because he hurt me that much
0: good stuff so each time you say something Marsha it broadens my thought process Mm -hmm. and you said he you never felt like he loved you the way you want to be loved Mm -hmm. and I'm asking the question now of you did you express how you want to be loved and I'm asking it that way because Many times, we have an idea in our mind. Mm. We have a picture in our mind, but we never verbalize. My husband always said, use your words. Mm. I I can't hear you in your head. Use your words. Did you use your words? Yes, yes I did. I think um, for
1: for, for most of the the beginning portion of a relationship, he taught me how to express myself. He was always very expressive. I was more introverted. And then he kind of brought out the extroverted kind of spaces and places (laughs) within me. Um, So I would say um, he knows how to love me. That's the framework that I, I, I received love, the romantic love from. So he does know what I like. He knows how to do it. In that moment, though, he was caught up in Enjoying himself more. He was in, in caught up in making himself happy with the other individuals that he was, you know, with. And so my happiness in in, in certain areas was of a, a lesser importance to him. And I don't think it was a like a deliberate choice, although it was a choice. It wasn't like I'm going to hurt Marcia. But it's like I. This is what I want. Sorry, my light this went off. Like this is what I want for myself. This is what I want to enjoy right now. And so, of course, the the emphasis of my my happiness and my joy at that time was like you know number four down the list, and number three down the list, <laughs> something like that. So I think that's that's what happened. But you feel it. And I would say to anyone in a relationship that's questioning um, whether or not there there is. Um, infidelity you feel the shift for me it was something as simple as he went from calling me baby to dear it was the the phone calls that were now going from 18 a day to four a day and I know there's a natural progression of when you've been in a relationship for a while sorry one of my lights are going off. for a while but then there's also more to it you you have a connection and you can tell when there's a shift. So I would say, trust trust your gut, trust your instinct and and then just make sure, um, I, <laughs> I would say never go without proof, but have a conversation and say, like, hey, this is how I'm feeling right now, right? I'm not sure what's happening in your life. Is there something that you need to talk about, right? Is it something that we're not doing? But I, I would say, it's never really about you. I never felt his cheating was about something I lacked. And this is, I think, testament, testament to a testament to his, he, he and I, our, our relationship where we, we always shared. It was never about, I never thought it was about me per se. As a lot of women think, oh, I, I put on weight. or oh, I had the babies, right? I'm not as interested in, in intimacy in a, at a level. It's not so much about you, but about something that's missing in them that they're trying to to find. And I I think that was important. Okay. So
0: it is important. And and, and I keep going back to the importance of knowing yourself in self-validation, in knowing who you are, that you are grounded Because When things like this happen, as you're saying, it is oftentimes very easy for us to blame ourselves. Yes. Did I gain weight? Did I not cook enough? Right. Um, Different things will come to our thoughts. Mm -hmm. And if you know who you are and you know that you are doing what you are supposed to be doing, Mm-hmm. As a wife, as a friend, as a companion, then you would feel still feel enough. Mm-hmm. But with that, Marsha, still comes that nagging feeling in the back of your head. Mm-hmm. Where did all of this go wrong? I Thanks. hear you say that it was more about him and mm-hmm. the needs that he had. It was more about what was unfulfilled in him. Right. that he was exercising okay. um, and, and and that is why I usually say to persons if somebody says to me my husband has stepped out of the relationship or mm-hmm. there is also the flip side my wife has mm-hmm. stepped out of the relationship mm-hmm. the first thing I tend to ask is mm-hmm. so what is your thought process now what are you thinking How Mm. are you processing this? Mm -hmm. Are you laying blame at your feet? Mm -hmm. At their feet? Or are you looking at the information that you have? You mentioned something earlier that there is the gut feeling. You also said you had proof. Mm -hmm. So gut feeling is one thing. Proof is everything. Exactly. Because you can... There can be a shift, yeah. but the person may be going through other stressors and it may not be that they have stepped out. Right. So when you have proof, that's when you need to pretty much have that conversation, right?
1: right? Yeah.
0: And it's, I'm, I'm happy that you mentioned that, that that was when you decided to have this conversation to mm-hmm. confront Dave.
1: Yeah. So
0: let's get a little deeper in the conversation, Marsha. Mm-hmm. I heard you say that you packed his suitcase nice and leave mm-hmm. and you asked him to leave. <laughs> so you chose to stay in the house at mm-hmm. the time with the children, but you asked him to leave. Right. Was that the point that you knew your marriage was over? or that was just a pause and a bump in the road
1: so I would say to to you and to the, your listeners that that was not the time that was I, I didn't believe it was over I didn't I didn't think it was over I think I thought hey we could get through this I was a, <laughs> I'm, a I'm an active Christian at the time and mm-hmm. so I believe in forgiveness and you and I probably talk a little bit more about this and uh, more because it was forgiveness and actually forgiveness that actually helped me to um to reconcile on this level right so When I spoke to him so I would always say hey because we were best friends so one of the challenges that this brought on is that it was more than just my husband he was my best friend he knew my my fears and so it felt like a deep betrayal right uh-huh. we could always say hey Something feels off, you know what's going on. So we always would have that conversation. But when I say, "Hey, you know, I'm having visions of you in a room with two women," and he's like, "Why don't you just go to your bed and sleep, or why don't you just stop fasting, right? Or come to me when you have proof, right? Actual proof." <laughs> right? So I actually, Jen, started to um, to have proof. I started get collect little things together conversations phone bills right my because I the phone bills were on my bill because I worked with Rogers so you know I had like you know I had printed the entire thing and I started gathering evidence I thought because I was going to have this chat from the 25th <laughs> and then the news and, and then I got that video and that it was it was done and I said hey you know I know what's going on and for I'll say about six weeks he kind of refused to talk about it um, after I said, hey, I know, I know you went away to Niagara Falls. I know because I saw you You were walking around the bed. I know because I got glimpses of the conversation and snippet of you and the girl at the fall talking. And then he, he, he climbed up. And I, I have to um, pause for a moment to say that when he was, he came to me to say, hey, I'm going away for the weekend with my boys. And I said to him, I said, no, I said, no, why are you going away with the boys for the weekend? So I would say if (laughs) for him, it was hanging out with the boys a lot. And before we got, you know, had children and stuff, it was he and I. And then it 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 shifted to include some of its boys. And I was always that I would say wife, girlfriend that was like, okay, you have a life outside of me. I have a life outside of you. You can have with your but then it became the boys every weekend. And, and I was left with the kids. And um, that weekend, for some reason, when he told me, I, I was angry. I didn't know why, but I said, no. I said, if you go this weekend, it will be the end of us. I didn't know what I was thinking. And he went, and I remember when I walked home, <laughs> reached home from Rogers, I'm gonna use that, my, my comp in the workplace that day, um, I cried. For some reason because he had left the kids with the neighbors and by the time I came home he was gone and then I got that video so just to kind of set it up for you so the writings were on the wall but when I said when I, when I found it I actually recorded a conversation that I had and it was like an hour and a half we chatted about it and he was like you know I, I'm in love with you I've never stopped being in love with you right you are the one I asked God for you know, um, you know, don't you think that relationships go through challenges? Uh, you always, and he would say things like, you always um, admire those old um, couples that have been together 40, to 50 years, and you think they've been through stuff? And I would say yes, right? And I and I was willing to work, but I said change would have to happen. And some of the change I was asking for was, you know, I would need you to come to church with me. Um, you know, I would need you to be able to open your phone around me right? Because his phones are now always closed, right? So that's a sign. The phone is always closed. The phone is always upside down. Uh, he'll step outside the, 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 the room to take a call. You're on, you're watching a family movie and he's texting, you know, or trying to have a conversation with someone else. Those are Those are signs. He's always going off to a party or something at work and you're not invited, signs. Okay. 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 <laughs> and so um when having the conversation, if he had made the change, one of the one of the I think one of the key requirements for me was going to counseling. And a lot of our men have a challenge asking or receiving help. Um, and had he gone to counseling with me, would we would have restarted rebuilding fast, much faster, but he refused counseling. So I went through the count. I went through, I got counseling. I worked on myself. Um, and I, I also had to took my, take my children to counseling as well. Um, but it was the waiting. I waited from April of 2010, sorry, 2015 and I left August of 2016 And it was gradual. So I was in the bed. He was in the bed with me. And then eventually I moved downstairs. So remember at first, he was kind of staying on the couch. I moved to the couch. I left him in my head. I had to do it. Um, And then I moved out. Because I watched him saying, I'm going to stay home. And then he would be at home. But you could see that he wants to be elsewhere. And then you know, eventually I just said, okay, it's over. He didn't want it to be over, but I, I also didn't want to accept what he was giving to me. I, I knew I deserved more and I deserved to be valued and to be respected. And I could not allow my children to see me in that space. My, my, my son actually one day saw me in the laundry room and he said, mom, I want you to to find someone else and he loves his dad dearly but he he said I want someone who wants to do something for you that wants to do stuff with you and my heart broke my daughter was too young to even understand really what was happening but she internalizes she's more introspective and because we were always friends it's kind of weird to say that We could always relate and we spoke to each other in a cordial way, even though we were going through a bitter, let's say separation, in a sense, she thought it was because her and her brother were fighting that we separated because she saw us hugging each other still. So even in the battle, we weren't in the battle with knives. We were just, I was just cold to that, to the intimacy piece. And I remember when I said, I'm not gonna be intimate with you anymore. And he was upset because he said, oh, this is definitely the end. And he, he was like, this is a bad, this is bad, Marcia. this is bad. And I'm like, I'm like, ah, uh, I'm sorry. I'm not gonna be exposing myself to this, right? I'm, I'm I'm not doing this. And, you know, he, and then I said, he said, one of the things I said to him was when I got to that space, I said, listen, If you, if I were to see you with someone else right now, it would not mean anything to me. And he said, the moment I said that, he knew that he had lost me. Mm.
0: Okay. So in one sentence, what, what did your marriage being overlooked like? Because you brought us through you're still cordial, you're still hugging, possibly sleeping in the same bed at times, but not being intimate. Mm -hmm. The kids would still see you together. That does not paint a picture for me of over. So what did over look like for you? What was that what was the catalyst? Like, what was that drawing line? Was it just being intimate? Because everything else appeared to be there.
1: Everything else appeared to be there. And, and then I moved out. So I moved out 2016, September. Okay. Needed, I needed to know that I actually, actually function around him um, without being intimate or without desiring him in that way, right? Before I left. Because I didn't want to start any other connection with any person still having those feelings for him and furthermore uh, to be honest with you it's so it was selfish as well because it hurt me more to think my husband was sleeping with someone else than to be able to say he's someone else's man right and so in order for me to leave I actually had to do in my mind I said I was like you know it couldn't be my man, because if it was my husband, my husband could not have done that to me. So that must not have been my husband. And so I I ended it. It was like we were co-parenting. We're living together. We're friends, but we we he was never he was no longer my husband because I it hurt me too much to think that I would be in a space where my husband
0: would be cheating on me. Okay. Wow. <laughs> And that reminds me of this song. I'm, I'm sure you probably know it. I think uh, Tamiya, it's by Tamia. There's a stranger in this house mm-hmm. because he's doing everything. He's being a dad. He's still providing. But, mm-hmm. sir, you're cheating. Yes. But, sir, there's someone else. Mm-hmm. But, sir, we aren't going to be sleeping together yes so i understand what you're saying and it, it is it is in that space it's in that valley of indecision that many times we continue in the dysfunction That's as a right. couple we're right. not sure if we want to leave we're not sure that we want to stay mm-hmm. or let's rephrase it we we don't want to stay but right. we are not leaving. Exactly. And it's in that valley of indecision that dysfunction drags on year after year after year. And sometimes 30, 40, 50 years down the road, we're still together, but we're mm-hmm. not together. And it, right. there's so much hurt. There's so much pain. And I think it was very important for you to leave emotionally. Yes. And then physically. So from the physical leaving, you also said he was reluctant to go to counseling. And so you went to counseling. Mm -hmm. That is very important, important, Marsha, because one of my podcast guests opened my eyes and she said, I could have sped up. And I'm quoting her now. She said, I could have sped up reconciliation restoration and everything else that came with that but i had to get my healing first yes and that is very important most times we try to restore we try to reconcile and to sweep things under the carpet which is really not reconciling Mm -hmm. and we have not yet healed You were hurt to the core. This is someone that you have been with since you were 18. This is someone that you looked up to. Yes. This is your husband, your best friend, your companion, your confidant, the father of your children. Right. And we cannot take away anything from that, Mm -mm. that you are hurt. And hurt is not just skin deep for you. It is deep. Yeah. So with all of that said, and everything that you went through, Mm -hmm. you weren't together, but you weren't divorced. Mm -hmm. That for me is evoking images of wilderness. It's like I'm walking in the wilderness and I'm seeing a mirage. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's getting better. And I get over to that space and it's a mirage. Mm-hmm. So in that wilderness moment for you, Marsha, how did that deepen your relationship with God? If it did. Well, it, it did. It did because God...
1: God became, I would say, in a weird way, God became my everything. Um, mm-hmm. There were there there were moments where I wanted to give up. Right. So even in the wilderness, I was still striving at work, like getting promoted at work, because I, you know, of God and you know my reliance on Him. I was still doing things like buying a house, and seeing God kind of help me through my family, like my sister, allowed me to stay with her so I could save, you know. I would see those things as the grace of God. I would see moments where I would go into a store and not be able, not have enough, and the lady at the cash says, hey, I'm going to price match everything for you. And I'm like, that's God, you know. Um, and then I went to a seminar, and there was a lady, um, Dr. Joan. I told you a little bit about her. Um, and she had a seminar about lifting the veil, and it was about facing your fears and facing the hurt. And I went to her because um, my daughter had an episode at school where she was telling them that she wanted to die because her parents broke up. And I was needing, I needed the support. And so I said to her, hey, I'm gonna bring my daughter if that's okay. The Holy Spirit needs in that meeting. And I said, is it okay? Do you, do you deal with children? And she said, yes, I didn't think I was going to go to her. I wasn't, I was, you know, going through the system through our workplace. And, and I, 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 I thought it was getting some help, but when I went Jen and she sat with my daughter and she was able to pinpoint um, April 25th and said to me, what happened on April 25th using my daughter's body's reaction. I was surprised. I was I was amazed, and then I became a believer in in the in the practice. And I'm actually being certified in in forgiveness counseling as well. And my daughter went through, so I had you know paid for her to meet with my daughter and my son, but also with me. And I think I've been through count through counseling with her. Why was it different in that it uses the biblical principles of forgiveness? The Bible talks about forgiving 70 times seven, 490 times. Four I'm hundred, that, yes. 490 yes. times. Who among us forgives someone 490 times for their, their misdeeds? But here I was in a relationship and every time I felt, even though I wasn't with him, every time my anger comes up, I would go and I, I do an active forgiveness, which is, I, I look at, I pretend I'm speaking to him because a lot of us, we taught that we need to tell it to the person. You don't have to, it's about you, you releasing you. Forgiveness is about releasing. You. I didn't realize I was carrying these baggages, Jen. I I, I was afraid of, to trust and to move on because I'm, I was afraid of giving my heart to anybody. And then they would do the same thing to me. Right. Um, the, the process, it I, I was constant. As I got angry, he, he, we, we weren't living together, but let's say on Sunday, we'll send my, my dinner or, or, you know, or he'd take the kids every two weeks, but something would happen and it would tr- trigger me where I get anxious or angry. And I have to go and I say, okay, what did I want from him? What did I want from him? So one of the reasons why we're disappointed is because we have expectations, like you talked about, um, that's not expressed. How can they fulfill an um, expectation if we're not upfront with what we're requiring? So it's really important to have those conversations earlier on in the relationship. And then I I dealt with what did I receive? What did he give me? Right? What was it that I received from him and how did it make me feel? Right. So I was dealing with the trauma, I was dealing with feeling betrayed, angry, you know, unfulfilled, all of that. And then I had to kind of put myself in his position actively to think what made him behave this way. And for a lot of men, especially from our community, the examples they got for their fathers. Right. Were their fathers there? Did they have that example? Were their fathers cheaters? Right. Did you know what else happened? Was he feeling unfulfilled, unvalued? Was he looking for something? And the understanding that he was doing what he knew that he could do. He was doing the best he could. In that situation, he was making the choice that was the best he could. Uh-huh. And, and that helped me and has been helping me. And so I, then I walk through and I say, like I'm saying it to him, I forgive you. I forgive you for hurting me as opposed to loving me. I forgive you for betraying me as opposed to it, it, encouraging my, my trust and my confidence. And then I release you. And me, me, each time I said, I release you, I felt the release. But right. I recognize that forgiveness is it's a daily process. You get up, someone has done something, and unless you release it, you actually carry it. It's a, it's a blot on your soul. And I think the Bible talks about it. It says if you come to bring an offering and, yes. you're there, and someone has done something wrong, you need to go. If you remember, you go, you lay the, the sacrifice down and go and reconcile with that person but many of us we don't do that and and even for my friends that were christians Jen, when i chose to say hey come it's okay you can come they were upset how could you allow him when he has done this to you how could you allow this why are you allowing this to happen (laughs) and i had to be like i i just gotta follow god God said, I should do this. God said, if I didn't do this, he was going to die. What I want to say to you is, he also got sick through the process, Jen. Mm. He was sick through the process. He was hospitalized and I went to the hospital and I saw him and I wasn't moved by it per se. Um, My son cried. The day after though, as I woke up in the morning, it was a Sunday morning, the Lord started, the Holy Spirit started ministering to me. And I cried. And what was clear to me was that if I didn't take him back, he was going to die. He knew it. And I knew it. And I just want to say that even last year, he went through a tremendously challenging time. Like for about six months, he was sick. And I know without a doubt that he, if he was not back, if he didn't have me praying and the church praying, and he knows it, that he would, have, he would have gone, he would have been gone. And so our healing is in our obedience. I didn't want to take him back, but then when he came back, I saw God's blessing, God's provisions, right? I saw, I I, I got to rest because me being father and mother and provider, it was tiring. And um, though it looked like everybody's like, you're doing it, you go, girl. It was tiring. And so, just being able to have someone else to say, hey, I'm going to take this and you take that. And mm-hmm. we divide the task, it made my life so much more restful. And I realized God's plan for me, Jen. I rebelled along the way, a lot along the way. I'm like, God, I don't understand. Why didn't you give me a new man? Don't you think I'm deserving of someone else? I mean, um, it, it was, it's a process from 2015 and he moved back in, in 2019. So it's been two years, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, so about four years, almost five years that we were separated. I mean, I, you know, and we moved through the process, right? And here we are now. And I'm like, God, like I, I was getting connected to another person. And then God says, Take him back. (laughs) I'm like, God, how is this possible? I want to move on. Like, why are you sending him back? Like, he hurt me. Don't you think I deserve something else? But when I used to pray, he, one of the, when I, before I moved out, one of the things that God said was in my fasting moment, in sickness and in health, And I thought, okay, (laughs) you reminded me of my vows. Mm -hmm. see, marriage is not just a paper. Marriage is a covenant. We do the paper now, but the marriage vows before God is so much more than the paper we sign or whether or not we sign a paper. It's a decision. It's a spiritual agreement under God. Right. when you want to choose to break it, yes, there is that covenant, and there are the rules of the covenant. And it took me, like going through the process, Jen, um, to understand. And when I say going through the process, like I did, give him the divorce paper, he didn't sign it. The court actually says we are divorced, mm. but even at Doing that, God still sent him back. God still sent people to say, can, "Can do you believe I can fix your marriage? This is why the first time when the man asked me, do you believe God can fix your marriage? I was laughing because I was like, I know I have the papers in. I know I had the papers in. I was ready to move on. But God said, go back to your husband.
0: So in all of this, Marsha, you're saying to us that this experience, pretty much has caused you to be able to trust God in everything. And not just I'm trusting you today, but I'm trusting you with everything that you say. As you were speaking about going back, Mm. I'm not sure if you've read the entire story of Jonah. Hmm. And the first time we met Jonah, He was Mm -hmm. running away from God. Oh, yes. And then we met Jonah. He was arguing with God. Mm -hmm. In another chapter, he was fighting with God. Mm -hmm. And then we saw him running to God. Yes. And your story reminds me so much of Jonah's story. And it is right there in Jonah. Because when I read it, I was always asking myself the question, so why didn't Jonah want to go to Nineveh? And it's right there in Jonah. Jonah mm-hmm. said, God, I know if was- I go to Nineveh yes. and if I warn these people and they change, you are not going to destroy them. Marsha, I am I, I, seeing this Jonah situation with you because the backstory of Jonah and Nineveh, most persons may not, unless you're deep in the Bible and you, like I teach Bible study, so I kind of research these things. The people of Nineveh, they had oppressed Jonah's people. Mm-hmm. So can you imagine today, you are hearing that your God that delivers is going to destroy Nineveh. Right. Your husband was now on his back in the hospital, mm-hmm. and you're saying, "God, I never prayed anything bad, but look at God, <laughs> <That's> right? <laughs> look at God coming through." <laughs> but God is saying to you, "But Masha, this is not me coming through. The enemy yeah. does a lot of things, and I get a lot of blame." Yes. And I'm going to show you that I can fix it, that I am a restorer. Yes. And it is going to rub you the wrong way, Marsha, but I am a restorer. And did it ever you are rub going you? going to cry tears, but I am a restorer. You yes. are going to throw a tantrum, but I am a restorer. And when I have restored this, then you will be up. A- testimony mm-hmm. to others to know that when they trust god it is possible yes and that's what i'm getting out of your story Yes, and if, we, if we go back to first corinthians 13 48 mm-hmm. if we apply that consistently love is patient kind love but is in this generation Marsha. We don't understand patience. No. You have fast food stores. You go to this end of the drive through, and in one minute, you're picking up your food that is already made. Mm -hmm. You can go to the grocery store now and you can buy food that is already made. You pop it in the microwave. In a minute, you have food. And we are trying to get our relationships. Our marriages microwave bubbles, mm-hmm. and it does not work because you are coming with your baggage. He is coming with his baggage right. and there's still the outside influences and we have to fight through all of that. That's right. But James, James is one of my other favorite books. And mm. in James 560, it does say that we should confess our faults. Mm-hmm. One for another, yeah. and to pray one for another. Why? So that we may be healed. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm asking the question now of you. When did you start doing James five as it relates to your husband? Well, I'd say um
1: when I was in the valley. I actually started with a girl, a, a group of girlfriends of mine. We would pray once a week, every week. I wasn't necessarily praying for reconciliation, of course, but I was praying for healing. I was praying for, we would pray a lot. And I think we we all encourage, we pray for healing, we pray for the nations. But more importantly, what we heard was the Lord said rejuvenation, restoration, and renewal. That word, okay. those words were clear. I wasn't thinking, hey, it's going to be doing it here with me. But we heard that clearly because, you know, we, we tend to be prophetic in nature as well. So we, you know, so we heard uh, what God was saying. It was OK. Um, one of the things I also want to say is I, you mentioned it is that um, I wanted to give God a place. So I said 99 when everyone asked me if reconciliation was possible. I said 99.9999% is a no. But I said, because I'm a child of God, I'm a believer, I'm going to give God the (laughs) 0.1% of the 99.99%. Right. And when he said it and I got the confirmations and I knew in my spirit that morning that God was saying to me, I need to take him back. I could not say no. I said, okay, all right, God, I'm going to trust you. And every time, sometimes I'm in the shower and I'm rumpled in my spirit and I say, God, I'm going to trust you. You yeah. said that this is supposed to be what I'm supposed to do. I'm trusting you. And the truth is our lives cannot be, and should not be similar to those that are without Christ. It is easy for us to say, hey, I'm going to let you go. I'm not going to forgive you. I'm going to move on, right? But that's not the way that the children of God should be behaving. Perfect. We are supposed to be forgiven. We are supposed to be willing to to listen to God and to work. And of course, I'm going to say to someone, don't stay in a position where you are being abused. Right. And I I didn't want to stay because the the this place that I was was a mental a mental anguishing place for me. I could not stay there um you want the scripture that the lord gave me when because i even went leaving i went to him and i got the confirmation i think i don't remember it's somewhere in james it said perfect love cast out fear right yes and um the and because i was experiencing these really debilitating anxiety i knew that i had to leave but also the perfect love that was also talking about was the love of God. And I had to be able to be dependent on that perfect love um, for my healing and that perfect love for the reassurance that I was used to getting, right? And just kind of understanding that, yes, God created me and I'm good and I'm valuable and I'm a queen. And it's so important to reaffirm yourself in God. And and knowing knowing that made the difference for me. But you're right, I had to give God space have to give him time. Jen, there were times when I would pray and I was in the relationship and I thought it would be done because I prayed. I was expecting, as you said, the microwave fix. I did not want to go around this mountain. This was not the mountain that I wanted to face. I wanted the fairy tale, Harley Quinn ending to my relationship. But real life people, real life experience, real life pain But I now have a story of redemption and restoration that only God could have given me. And had I not gone through this space, I wouldn't even know that I had the capacity to forgive at this level. Now I I can counsel someone who's going through. I'm able, the Lord is actually opening my spiritual eyes so that now he shows me things about marriages with individuals, where I can say, "Hey, the Lord showed me this. I need you to be mindful of this path because this is what He's saying." Jen, um, when I got married, the word came something about Hosea and Gomer, and I got that word like three times, and I'm like, "God, I don't want no prostitutes. <laughs> Why would you send me?" I'm like, you know, fix it, Jesus, because I'm not going to deal with that. Well, when I look at a story, the taking back was not just for me. It's, right. the, it's for me in that it's helping my heart to heal and the bitterness and the anxiety and the fright and the betrayal that that is that, you know, that is healing. But the taking back for him is representative of God's love for him. He knows that. So God loves him that he's given him a second chance. That's what he says to me. So God has given me a chance, second chance to get it right. But also generationally, um, the women in my family for generations have had broken marriages. Some things that we're facing are spiritual. Hmm. This reconciliation is, is, is a spiritual on a spiritual level where I'm reclaiming what the, the right, the birthright, and the positions for my children so that they will not have to walk the same path that I've walked. Right.
0: That it stops here. Mm-hmm. Generational curse, breaking generational curse. Abram lied, and mm-hmm. his son, generations down the line, mm-hmm. told the same lie. Right. Spiritual things. Are spiritually discerned, right? And it's not often what you see with your bare eyes is the truth. That's right. You have gone through all of this, Marsha, and I want your perspective. Mm-hmm. When you think of a healthy, Christ like marriage, what comes to mind? How should that look? I would say. God should be
1: mo- most definitely at the center of the relationship. It is important to spend time with each other, understanding and, re- and respecting each other's values and boundaries. More, in, most importantly, the level of communication, honest communication. I am fe- be willing to say I am feeling frustrated right now, and here's why. And being Open enough to accept that the other person may be feeling differently, or may have seen it differently, and be willing to be willing to hear them, to listen, to understand. I think that's critical. Um, being respectful, being respectful of the space and, and the places, the values and, and the plan. But I also feel like the the family is is a is an important business unit. It's an important partnership. And so it's so critical for us to be on the same page. If one if one is going west and one is going east, there is going to be an issue. Right. So being willing to be able to walk in the same direction when it comes on to your family and family goals, it will make it so much easier. I would say from, from those kind of perspectives, um, entering God is critical. like I would say. You know, if you're able to do like worship together, um, you know, going um, to church together, like these things are all bonding moments, but also dating, taking each other out and spending time outside of the kids and continuing to to fuel the fire that started the relationship in the first place, which is getting to know your mate. We're all developing. And especially if you started in a relationship when you were younger, you've grown and so has your spouse. Your needs may have changed. The way you receive and give love may have also changed. And so it's also important, critical, that you know your, your your spouse's love language. So for mine, mine is like personal touch, an affirmation, right? Quality time. And for him, it may be acts of service. So you will know your, your, um, your partner's way that they like to receive love by the way they give love to you you may not receive in the same way because that's like for me i I wanted to be on him all the time and he would be like oh my god when is the the hug gonna end you understand because he didn't like that per se but quality time
0: was something that we liked to do okay thank you so healthy christ-like marriages will always have characteristics such as Uh, having worship together there's Mm -hmm. a popular saying the family that prays together stays together Mm -hmm. having conversations Mm -hmm. being open communicators Mm -hmm. letting the other person know what is affecting you not just shutting down and shutting them out some of those things are the characteristics and there are so many other characteristics of having a Christ-like marriage But the most important characteristic is having Christ in the relationship. Exactly. Perfect. Marsha, I absolutely love what you said. I heard you and I can resonate with you. Lord, I didn't want to walk around the wall of Jericho seven times. Mm -hmm. Couldn't I just go through the front gate? That's right. Why did I have to come up the rough side of the mountain? Couldn't I just have one of those marriages that I see? Why did this have to happen to me? And I will encourage you today, Marsha, by saying that not everything that happens to us is about us. That's right. It happens to us so that we can teach others. We can walk with others that are Mm -hmm. going through the same thing and we can prepare others so Mm -hmm. that they do not go through the same thing or even if they have to, then their experience is different. That's right. You know? Um, And the last thing I want to ask you, because I know I've taken up so much of your time, such an interesting Mm -hmm. story, but the last thing I want to ask you, Marsha, in when we just started, I asked you where you were relationally and spiritually. And so, in closing, I want to ask you, where are you right now in your healing with your husband? I would say I'm healed. Um,
1: I <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 back at the space where. I can say yes I, I i do love him i always do that i love him and i always knew that um you know i i wanted for us to to be together but i think it was the, the you know when you see the person that you love with someone else it does something to you and 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 i had to kind of let that go but now i'm just at the place where i'm like okay god you know i trust you and i and i'm seeing I see him being back, Jen, as God's love for me as well. As I said, I didn't want it. I wasn't prepared for it. (laughs) I found it, I cried about it, but now I'm at a place where I'm like, whoa, God, you love me so much that you sent him back to help me to pick up the pieces and to help me heal. And so I feel, I feel blessed. I feel loved. He, he showers me with love. He's always done that. But yeah, I'm in my room. I, I go to bed late. Sometimes I wake up late. He comes in my room with a cup of coffee. Or breakfast, just to give you an example. Um, if I say, you know, you know, I'd like this thing, Jen. It's done. Um, I, I don't doubt that love, it's, it's a love that, I don't know, many people won't have, don't have. Um, and so I, I feel incredibly blessed, you know, um, that God has has us on his mind and that he re- redirected him and pulled him out of the wilderness But I was also in my own wilderness of pain and and hurt. And this, it has been instrumental in our healing, but also our children are healing. because The the pain they were also experiencing, they were also praying. Um, And so that's why I'm actually humbled because it's one thing when you want something, but it's another thing when you don't want it, but your parent know that this is the thing that's best for you. Mm-hmm. and then you say okay and then you see they were right all along that's where i'm at i'm like god i'm thankful for right. my fi- my fighting and my rebellion cuz i did it <laughs> i did it but i was still you know upset <laughs> i just say okay i'm at this place where i'm like okay i'm happy i'm i'm i'm, I'm thankful mm-hmm. i can see what you're doing um, for me so
0: so yes Okay thank you and Marsha that was that was a very uh, good way of you expressing um, that thought process and I know I said the last question, but I just have to snuck this in there. Has your husband sought therapy? He
1: has in his his own kind of way and he's found God as well, I would say um, where he, he he didn't kind of know, God, he kind of lost touch along the way. So now he's more like we're having biblical conversations, mm-hmm. right? Um, we, we, he's, you know, he's teaching the kids. And it's just a different path that we're on now than we were on
0: before. And in the conclusion, we can just say it is absolutely nothing short of God.
1: Absolutely. Nothing short of God. When I tell you that I didn't want this, maybe he'd always wanted it, but when it ended for me, it was done, done, done. Close the casket, done. Mm. But then God says,
0: what anyway One perfect. sentence, Marsha, one sentence to close off. Marriages that are in trouble because our world is in trouble. Marriages that are in trouble today. One sentence, what would you say for them?
1: Seek God, seek counseling, and be willing to do the hard work. Change is not easy, but it it is possible with God. It is possible to heal. It is possible to rebuild that trust and that love. It's a daily process, forgiveness, but if you are both willing, if you are both willing and determined to take each other's hand and to take that first step, then you can get to the space where you've the pain doesn't even exist. You, you will remember that it happened, but it won't have that hold on you anymore. That would be the, the moment of your breakthrough. And I wish for each and every one of you that God will restore what the enemy has stolen, that he'll bring you peace, that he'll bring you regen- um, rejuvenation and renewal in your life and in your marriages.
0: Perfect. Marsha, thank you so much for stopping by. The Wine Press. It was a pleasure having you. It was my pleasure, Jen. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of By the Wine Press with Michelle. I really enjoyed speaking with you today, Marsha. You gave so much food for thought. I absolutely loved that you said your healing continues. This will help to break the myth that healing is an overnight affair. The second thing I absolutely love is that you decided to get on the road to healing before moving back into your relationship. I would love to know how you guys feel about this episode what stood out for you you can always share your thoughts with me on instagram at by the wine press i also want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen and for inviting us into your space i am forever grateful for your support until next time remember the wine press is where grapes go to discover They are meant to be wine.